Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Pride Connection. I am one of your hosts, Anthony Corona. I am here, as always, with Gabriel lopez Cafati. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pride Connection. That was a very nice intro. I believe we are joined by Tom Babcock. Yes, sir. Good evening. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm doing good. And our program tonight is a celebration of LGBTQ representation in politics. It's been an amazing year for our community. Uh, earlier in the year, we had a conversation with Rosemary Ketchum. You can go back in the Pride Connection archives and listen to that. She's the first transgendered person to be elected to a House in in um, West Virginia, to the house in West Virginia. Um, but tonight we are all celebrating another trans- transgendered woman who is the newest health secretary. We are celebrating Pete Buttigieg, who was once a presidential candidate, who's now been elevated to Gabriel Pete Buttigieg, his Secretary of Transportation. Secret- Secretary yeah. of Transportation. Yeah, and uh, and Rachel is actually Assistant Secretary of Health. Assistant Secretary of Health, thank you. Um, we have a LGBTQ governor in Colorado, and we've got a lot of representation in the House of Representatives. So, Gabe, tell us a little bit about our conversation with Rosemary Ketchum. Well, the uh, conversation back, I think it was spring, summer of 2020. Um, uh, I think it was summer because it was June. It was Pride Month. Um, it was it was just an, an amazing conversation. Um, she talked about so many aspects of not only being LGBTQ, growing up LGBTQ in a rural part of Ohio, where she's originally from, and going into politics and um, just making your voice heard. And uh, uh, she also talked about a topic that has been very, very uh, popular in ACB and that we have uh, had the privilege of, of kind of leading, which has been the you know, correct use of pronoun usage and inclusive language. Uh, so she even touched on that and how important it is 
and how meaningful it is. And basically her life in politics and how, you know, at a very young age, she um, became an elected official in um, West Virginia and how she's affecting change and how not only uh, being a transgender person uh, elected to uh, office, she uh, is also engaged in other areas um, that affect not only the LGBTQ community, but uh, many other underserved populations. Uh, she's big on mental health care and providing mental health care services and assistance to people in need. So she did cover a good range of topics, like I said, ranging from LGBTQ issues to politics, to serving, to community, to health care. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and the common, the, the more visible topics about, uh, you know, infrastructure and stuff that is more tangible, that is more visible in politics, where you basically, uh, us as constituents, when we see or feel or we know that they're building a bridge or repairing a street or putting up a, an, uh, an audio pedestrian system, a signaling system, those, those are the things that we think, oh, okay, my government is working for me. Uh, so she, so she covered all those, all those in a nutshell that, that those were my impressions. It was a very, very, very uh, packed um, 50 minutes that we had a conversation with her. Absolutely. And we will, um, we'll talk a little bit about Jay, the governor in Colorado a little bit later on, but right after, right after the election, uh, and let me, excuse me, right after the inauguration, we had spoken a little bit about President Biden's promise to to our community, and um, of course, the first executive order that spoke to us directly. Um, and now, with the point with cabinet appointments, we are seeing that his promise is coming to fruition. Tom, is he living up to what he campaigned with as far as the LGBTQ community is concerned? Uh, I believe he's given a good effort. I mean, we have, I mean, in my lifetime, I've never seen such uh, rep representation in federal government, uh, state government, and local government than we have right now. It's amazing. And, it, you know, and, you know, so, so, yeah, he is trying. He's trying his best to live up to that. Um, it's just, it's where it's about time and it's a good change. It's a very good change to see. It is Go ahead. Yeah, it is absolutely about time. And, you know, I think a lot, a lot of people would not have, you know, Pete <clears throat> ran, uh, you know, against him in the primaries and, um, you know, made quite a, quite a name for himself on the debate stage uh, with some of the comments and um, and things that he pointed out about then vice president, former vice president Joe Biden, and now, you know, he's he's elevated to cabinet level. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I think it surprised people early on when you know when he picked Kamala Kamala Harris. Um, right. And I think it did surprise quite a few of us that he that he looked at people to judge the way he did. Yeah. Did you happen to hear? Uh, Mayor Pete's uh, confirmation in the Senate for 
uh, Secretary of Transportation, the questions they were asking and firing at him. I was so impressed to listen to him. He stood up, he's, he came back strong. He answered the questions probably better than uh, the one asking the question thought he would. He's an intelligent man. He's uh, smart. I mean, he's just, and he speaks seven different languages, but he fired back as a gentleman, but as a statesman and as a very educated person. Mm-hmm. representing our community and i was like very proud i just hadn't listened it's like oh, i was in awe <laughs> you know absolutely you know they they the questions were coming at him as though he had no business exactly um, like he had yeah. like he what are you i got the attitude like they were thinking what are you doing here you don't know anything you you know you didn't do so good in south bend but uh that's what the attitude i thought they were trying to give him and he just stood up as a gentleman and uh, like I said, educated and well-mannered and he, he did it. He was, you know, he was very smart. Yeah. I think some of the notable things also, um, in, in, in speaking of, of the appointment of Mayor Pete for, um, for, uh, secretary of transportation is also, uh, speaks volumes of 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 the unity that Biden is calling for because you know it's uh it is a a um, it is one thing to talk about it and another thing is to start doing it from the inside you know exactly. so Actions so speak louder than words exactly so uh, like Anthony mentioned earlier the you know pick of Kamala Harris for uh, his running mate uh, now Vice President Kamala Harris. And, um, you know, now incorporating Mayor Pete. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of the unification, a lot of the unity that he's calling for that he's preaching. I mean, he's, he's acting what he's preaching because he's, uh, you know, we have, we see that he is considering people with whom he shared the debate stage Correct. before, the, before the, uh, the democratic primaries. Yeah. So, so that, that is, that is really good. And also, um, you know, to bring to light the uh, topic um, that we're covering tonight, the fact that, um, that LGBTQ people are, you know, are able to fully uh, be part of, of government without having to, to lie or without having to hide their sexual orientation exactly. you know we exactly. that, that that is that is that is a great precedent and it's definitely opening the doors for many of us who who considered you know will i ever be able to run for something being openly lgbtq right right but i think uh president biden is a smart man he knows how the federal government works, but he is also surrounding him with very intelligent people, and including from the LBGQ community. And I think he, he, he's doing what he promised. And what do you think, you know, what do you feel that the mainstream reaction has been so far? Um, both, you know, to Mayor Pete's campaign. Um, there's definitely been some some press over Jay and, and Colorado, governor of Colorado. 
What do you feel that the mainstream um, reaction? Um, towards the people, you know, that I've talked to um, are elated. Especially uh, everybody that voted for Biden, they're all elated, whether they're part of our community or not. Um, some of the, on the other side, I think they're finally having to pay attention. Does that make sense? They're, they're having to look at these people that are coming into office and they're not, uh, they're not slouches. They're not, they're very well-educated people. They're very uh, well-mannered. They're, uh, they just, they know what they're doing and they know how to say it in the, the people that I think have had a little opposition to it are just standing back and looking going, oh, well, that person makes sense. Okay. Um, it's it's a mixed bag, I think, but I think they're paying attention to what uh, the president's doing. Yeah, I, I think um, you kind of, the, the words pay attention actually ring in my head. Um, Mayor Pete was was on the view months ago, um, you know, after not long after the primaries were were settled and, and um, Joe Biden was our candidate. And um, he said something to to that effect. Um, you know, if, if the greatest thing that I could have done um, with, you know, with his run, uh, he said, basically, was was to get people to stop paying attention to who he chooses to have dinner with, who he chooses to to um, kiss and and ultimately go to bed with and pay attention to the fact that, you know, he's done a great job running um, South Bend, Indiana and, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, and yeah. getting onto the national stage and, and being able to hold his own. Yeah, yeah. And, and that really. And watch out. Sense- yeah. Watch, watch out. out. Exactly. Watch out. <laughs> this sense- is just the beginning of this. With him, yeah. I think I will speak. You know, I'm speaking for him, but I think it's just the very beginning of his uh, federal Washington career. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he speaks seven different languages. He's smart. He's been in Iraq, and he's. Uh, I mean, just like I said, watch out, watch him. He's gonna he's gonna move on up. And I, I really, I'm God. sorry. No, I would just say, I'm just very impressed that uh, these politicians now uh, that are representing our community are very impressive to me, very impressive. And to some of my other friends that are, you know, like I said, are not a member, they're very impressed by these people that are a member of our LBGQ community. There's a few up in uh, up north where I come from, Midwest, where it's really just like oh, Archie Bunker. Um, but that's where they're representing their state and they're doing a good job. Yeah. And, and I love that it's moving the conversation away from, you know, who we choose to be with, who we choose to love, what we choose for, you know, for our life's part, for who we choose as our life's partners, et cetera, et cetera. Because ultimately what I do in my life in my private life has nothing to do with performance in my job areas, in, in my strive, in my dedication, in, you know, my ambition, et cetera, et cetera. And, 
it really highlights um it, it highlights the fact that we you know we are coming we are coming into our own it's been a long time coming yes you know yes the it last has. administration wanted to wanted to and achieved rolling back you know members of our community being able to serve in the military you know mm-hmm. and i remember way back when the debates were you know if i can pay taxes for my country and and i'm willing to fight and die for my country you know how how dare you deny me um, right right and we i mean i could take it back rather to the 80s where um you were just pushed aside you know uh-uh. yeah. just pushed aside we'll deal with you later well now you have to <laughs> you know and it's going to be, and I think it's going to be the way it is. It's there's going to be more and more, and I hope more, more and more members of our community um, start getting in public office, even if it's small, just in your own county or your own, you know, little. I think we need to, you know, jump in, see what we can do. Yeah, Especially that, that's a good family. way to put it. That's a good well, way to put it, Tom. I you know, start started, little, start local. Right, and I have started something here in Orlando that. I hope it, I hope it comes through, but it's in the really early stages, but uh, it was just amazing by talking to certain people, what you can find out and how you can do this, you know, to change some things. And I'm going to see what I can do. Awesome. It's, it's quite, yeah. you know, start local. That's the best that's way what to I'm, do it. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm stirring up people, but <laughs> But that's what we got to do. Yeah. Well, I would definitely like to stir up some people. Um, a member of, of this conversation right now, I, I think would be an amazing local, state level, and, and eventually <laughs> national level politician. I have uh, amazing hopes and, and pride in Gabriel. He's got a sharp political mind and, and a desire and a drive. And yeah. well, you know you what? I, <laughs> I I agree. I agree. I agree with you, Anthony. I agree with you. I I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> and and you you know, and Anthony, you you need to think about it also. I am not entirely sure that I'm the personality <laughs> for politics. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You could like well, it, start small it, and put your toe in, and like, okay, well, maybe I don't like it, and just back out gracefully. <laughs> you know, I, I, I will have to admit that I do like politics, and I do. Um, I, I have been very involved um, this past um, year. I, I I would have loved to be more involved, but um, I felt a little bit apprehensive due to uh, COVID and the way in oh, which. Exactly. Exactly. participation would have been required of me but back in 2016 i was fired up and i was gearing up towards something and then you know we had the setback but then you know now it, mm-hmm. i feel re-energized and um and 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 being part of the lgbtq community um it is refreshing and like you guys were saying a moment ago i i what i'm waiting for is because i'm very confident in in the uh in the delivery that we're gonna see from uh from people like pete um like rachel and others um who if 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 you think of someone else in in government or if uh you guys are listening out there and you want to call in um these are just 
you know, some names that we picked from the more notable names. Uh, and, you know, the governor of Colorado who right. started mm-hmm. paving the way two years ago in uh, 2018. So people who are openly gay, who are openly part of the LGBTQ community and, and prove that um, right now it is a big deal to have openly LGBTQ people uh, in, in positions of, of high rank in the government. But I, I wish for the day when sexual orientation is not going to be a wow factor and you know someone you know where we can prove that all you need is a desire to serve your country honesty integrity and to have the merits to have the actual capacity to do the job that you're being appointed or elected for not because you're the son or the you know brother-in-law or the friend of a whatever right and and, and you end up landing a job or because you are a yes man or yes woman um you know but but because you have merit and you have the capacity the integrity the honesty and the desire to serve your country uh so so i think those are the qualities that we need to be looking at and those are the qualities that need to be i don't want to say separated because i i feel that uh being part of the LGBTQ community gives us a lot of strength and gives us yes, a lot of courage. I agree. I agree. Power. So I think it, it is power. hard. Yeah, it is part of, 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 of who we are. But I wanna I, I wanna see a separation in terms of where, you know, it's it's not a big deal. You know, whether like Anthony said earlier, uh, you know, quoting Mayor Pete, it doesn't matter who you love or who you who's who's your partner, whether it's same sex or opposite sex. At the end of the day, what matters is how you do your job and how well equipped right. you are to handle the position that you're being either appointed or elected for. And I'd like to add to the, a little bit of that and also have the passion to, well, you know, passion and confidence in yourself, but the passion to get your point across and get, and, you know, and make a stand and uh, over, you know, whether it be healthcare or, you know, uh, transportation, whatever, but have the passion also and go and go for it. I mean, it's just, you have to really have that passion and that drive and, you know, and good support and good support. And I think LBGQ community will, I think supports uh, most of the ones that are in the office now. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in, in my lifetime, you know, I think back to 1988, you know, we had the first woman run for, you know, be slated in this, in this seat running for vice president. A couple of years later, the state of New York had its first visually impaired African-American governor. Um, you know, we have, we've had an African-American president. We now have an African-American Southeast Asian American female vice president who has taken the office, who has been elected to the office. Geraldine Ferraro paved the way for for running, of course, you know, Secretary Clinton um, made it successful, although, you know, popular versus electoral college run. 
for president. Um, like I said, you know, New York had a visually impaired African-American governor yeah. who did uh, some great things for the state, did some great things for, for both, uh, you know, the intersectionality of, of those two communities. Um, and now we look to we look to people like Rachel and, and Pete to who have who have cracked and broken the glass ceiling for for our community. Um, you know, and of course, we can't we can't um, forget the the intersectionality that that the three of us and, and those listening to us this evening. You know, we are LGBTQ. We are visually impaired or blind and and we care about our country. And I I, I love I wait for the day that, you know, somebody blind or visually impaired is running for vice president or president. Um, you know, we've had a president in a wheelchair, of course, but, you know, the, disa- the, the, the disabled community is very poorly in numbers represented in, in American politics. And that's something that, you know, the LGBTQ community has always been at the forefront of civil rights, of of advancing, uh, you know, of advancing American ideals, and hopefully that will also translate to to those of us that that are facing life with more challenges than the average American. Well, exactly, because uh, there was a lot of uh, very intelligent members of our community back in the eighties that were. Uh, medical research people, and they were just sort of stifled. And now that's not going to happen. That will never happen again. You know, so there's just a big difference, a very proud difference. You know, 2020 marked um, the 30 years for the Americans with Disabilities Act. And, um, you know, we've come, we've come a long way. But you know, it, it also highlights the fact that, you know, we haven't come as far as, as we need to. And, and possibly we haven't lived up to the promise of the ADA as much as, as we should have as a country. You know, universal de- design is still not built in across the board, especially as we all know in, in web access. And, and, you know, thankfully companies like Apple, you know, they, they think from the bottom up. But too often, you know, we have to fight to go back and and to be, you know, accommodated in ways that the American, you know, the ADA had promised at this point, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have these fights. And I, I really do believe that this administration, you know, one of the things that um, then former Vice President and now President Biden did was establish a coalition for, for disabled Americans and is really taking the needs and the and and the, the wants of our community into all policy decisions. That in itself is is something that we've never seen from another administration, even his former administration with with President Biden, uh, with President Obama. Right. There wasn't right. there wasn't a task force. There wasn't a coalition. There wasn't uh-huh. something that that you know thought they, they didn't think to include us in the decision-making process. We'd have to go back and knock on the door. You know, um, um, the American Council of the Blind, of course, at the end of this month is is um, doing our annual leadership week. It'll be different this year because it needs to be virtual, both for COVID and the security in the Capitol. Unfortunately, I think even if COVID didn't, didn't exist at this point because of, you know, the 
security, the heightened security level in, in the Capitol, we wouldn't be able to, to knock on those office doors, even if we wanted to this year. So in a way, it's it's a blessing in disguise that we're yeah, able to yeah. do it virtually. But 10 years ago, we weren't even a part of the thought process. We were continually knocking on the door to be, you know, hey, you forgot about us. Hey, you didn't, you know, you didn't consider us in this way, et cetera, et cetera. And now, you know, from the ground up, he's he's including us. Uh, all of all of us, all sides of us. And that's me. I, I just I'm so glad we're celebrating that this evening. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's a celebration of, of diversity. I think we're going to see more. And, 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 and like I said, um, it, it is I, I see all of this as, as you know, as the stage for our communities to prove ourselves. So it's, it's not that we want a free pass or that we want special treatment. We want equal treatment. So we just want the opportunity to prove ourselves and to show that whatever our background, uh, whether disabled or non-disabled, whether LGBTQ or non-LGBTQ, those are things that should not be on the table when uh, considering uh, e either considering US constituent out there listening uh, voting for someone or a president appointing someone uh, to a position. So those are things that shouldn't be considered. But again, we need to go back to a merit-based election, merit-based appointment uh, versus uh, considering other uh, social political factors that have been have been preventing minorities to to get to places where we could make a difference. I believe someone joined us. Was it just my notification? I thought I, I thought someone joined us. Well, I'll take this moment. If okay. um, if you are out there listening and you would like to join us, we, uh, the Zoom information is on both the Blind Pride LGBTQ uh, Blind LGBT Pride org discussion list. But you can also call in um, various numbers. One of them being six four six four six five five eight eight six. And the password for um, for tonight's call is Oreo. Uh -huh. Byron, you're lurking around in the background. <laughs> tell us, tell us some. Give us your thoughts on on Pete and Rachel and and um, Governor Jay. We're breaking oh, that. Oh man, you're you're, <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm very happy to have an administrative. I'm, I'm so happy to have an administration where I don't have to wake up and go, oh no, <laughs> what <laughs> what now? You know, I can actually <laughs> afford to take a step back and go, okay, I got other stuff to worry about. I got I got Pride Connection and I got Sunday Edition and I got podcasts to edit and I got, you know, clients to see. I'm not, I'm not that worried about politics right now because I know that competent people are taking care of it. 
Um, you know, and, and if something egregious and horrible happens, somebody who I know is politically minded, like, you know, my boyfriend, Chris, or, you know, Gabriel or Anthony or, or, or Sarah or Leah, somebody will go, Oh my God, did you see what Biden did? Oh my God. Um, otherwise I'm just like, to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not stressing about it because it's a, it's an administration that I actually kind of trust right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is, that is an awesome point, believe it or not, Byron, because, um, that that's one of the things that uh you know government should be there for 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 everyone and government should be there to ensure trust and and to and to and to uphold and maintain that trust mm-hmm. that you are showing right now uh so you're not involved or concerned as as you would have been a year or two years oh, ago, God. because who I mean, knows? six months ago, I was you, every day I was trust. waking up with ulcers. I was like, oh, no, no. I know, right? right. What now? Yeah. What now? Yeah. Um, I, I would be very interested from somebody's perspective who, you know, someone like me who's very ignorant as to what's happened since the inauguration. I, and, you know, what, what big events that you guys can think of that directly affect us have happened um, that you think are particularly of note for, for someone who has kind of had their you know, they've had their head elsewhere for the last, you know, two weeks. Um, you know, one of the things that I would point out and and um and 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 this is this is an area where I myself have my doubts about and not, and and some people uh will agree and some people will disagree with me. I myself don't know if I agree or disagree with myself. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, because um, see, uh, we, I, 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 you know, full disclosure, I am um, just like I am openly gay. I am openly Democrat. <laughs> um, so the Democratic Party right now has control of the three houses in Washington, which is the White House, House of Representatives, and the Senate. So um, basically, Biden has been uh, trying to uh, push forward the the next COVID relief package, which includes, uh, you know, the new stimulus check, which includes extensions for, uh, or, or more, you know, longer terms for uh, unemployment. Um, there's a component also for, um, for uh, people who are behind with the rent. Um, there's also some talk about minimum wage increases. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's on the table. So, those those initiatives could be easily passed because we have majority on both houses. But he's trying to unify and he's trying to talk across the aisle so that we can get some representation, if not full representation, from Republicans. I see the benefit in that because it's not only unification, but it's also more representative. It's also more... Because people who are there are people who were elected, okay, by their communities. So, so obviously that's good because it means that the country is, is, is the majority of the country, which is the definition of a democracy, is pointed on a certain direction. However, I believe that if Biden has strong convictions and that he believes this is the right thing to do and he has and, and, and his party has control of both houses, just pass the bills, you know. Yeah, and and and, and that's and that's where I stand right now. I I I, I applaud and, and and I and I love 
the fact that he's trying to bring the country together and and make uh, you know a true uh, legislate with with a true representation of the majority's will in mind. Right. But right now, you know, we're in the middle of COVID and we're trying to get things going. So so yeah. so so just yeah. pass them and and then and then you know when when we're under less stress then continue trying to unify and get you know get some support across the aisle right but you, you know, know to, look i'm sorry but look what he walked into yeah he yeah, had yeah, quite a thing he had many fires to put out right away like within the first 30 seconds of being president of the united states he went to work and he, he's coming through fine you know. To Byron's point, you know, obviously we mentioned um, or I mentioned earlier in, in today's show and we, we spoke at length about it a couple of weeks ago. One of his first executive orders, of course, was to was to roll back the policy change for for transgender and, and um, LGBTQ Americans who want to serve in the military. Um, more importantly, though, for, for me personally, I think it's the promises that were made. And we're not going to see a, a lot of those promises for, for the reasons just mentioned. And of course, you know, look at today. What was today? Today was the start of the second impeachment trial of our <laughs> former president. And that's, that's you know, that's going to take up all the oxygen in the room for at least the next two weeks. Um, but the promise that was made along the campaign trail, it has already been, has already been, it has already come to fruition. It is the most diverse cabinet in American history. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have a high, a high appointee from California, um, from the Latin American community. Uh, you know, we have two prominent LGBTQ appointments. Uh, we have got tons of, you know, female appointments. In fact, the House, the, the White House press corps is entirely female for the first time ever. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and just the transparency, the briefings, you know, we we heard about Fauci and those of us that had any vision saw Fauci on screens, but no one ever actually heard him speak. And when we did hear him speak, it was it was a strength through a stranglehold, you know, and within the first the first two days, Fauci appeared on on three major three major news shows including you know my favorite of course miss rachel maddow yeah. so i think the promises that, that you know that he made along the campaign trail that you're already coming to fruition speak loads for what's coming you know and and he he has promised us at least the lgbtq community and the dis, this the disabled community that we're going to have a seat at the table you know, in the coalition and the appointments, they all speak to to him holding holding government to the promises. That's the that's the hardest thing for for a president or for a governor of a state is to actually, you know, make the government system that they're working in, whether it be statewide or, or national wide, make, you know, make them listen and, and affect into policy promises that were made along the campaign trail. So I'm I'm extremely excited as as um, we see these appointees take shape and 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 push us into the forefront of American politics. I did see that um, someone named Kurt joined us. If um if you'd like to uh, you know join the conversation, 
Kurt, please, please feel free to, to say hello and, and let us know what you're thinking. All right, Gabriel, what else is on your mind this evening? Well, um, it's, it's uh, you know, moving uh, the focus a little bit uh, from um, insiders of the LGBTQ community to our uh, mainstream community. Um, we, uh, we, we see how, how many people, I, I really hope, I really have a lot of faith in many people being grateful, uh, regardless of political affiliation or, uh, political, uh, beliefs. I think many people are going to be grateful once they realize that we have broken yet another ceiling, uh, like uh, like was said earlier, um, because it's 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 through diversity that you can really tap into the talent of a community, whether it be like we were saying earlier, local, community, state, and especially federal. Um, once the the you open up you remove that barrier for a whole number of people who have the capacity, who have the talent, who have the desire, the passion to serve. Uh, and, and, and those limitations that have been imposed in the past uh, are, are removed, uh, whether it be LGBTQ, whether it be disabled, whether it be, you know, even women, you know, there's been a great gender disparity. Um, people of color, um, you know, it's, it's, it opens up for so much more diversity, which in turn opens up to people with talent coming in without fear of they won't elect me because I'm openly gay. They won't elect me because I'm disabled. They won't elect me because I'm a woman. They won't elect me because I'm a person of color. So, you know, that, that in turn is a multiplier effect that's going to bring so much more talent. And so, it, you know, I have, I have a very good friend in politics and who has been almost kind of my mentor here locally, uh, Mark. Uh, um, he, he, he tells me, that sometimes people are so focused on winning elections. And it's not just about winning elections, it's about showing our community and our communities, uh, basically, you know, starting from the smaller to the largest, starting from your local neighborhood to the White House, showing our community that there are options, that people have options. So even if you lose a race, um, you, you, you were on a ballot. You were there giving people another option. So that is very valuable. And, and, and I think this opens the door for many, many of us who thought that we didn't have a chance because of being part of any particular community. Uh, it opens the door and it opens also the stage for us to be able to go there and give our constituents another option and, and, and bring ideas, bring new ideas, bring a different perspective and um, also incorporate things from our own lives. I mean, um, like 
Anthony, like you were saying earlier, the fact that we are invited to the table uh, through a task force uh, for for disabilities it means means that we are going to have a a louder voice and those of us who have been going to legislative um on uh, through acb's uh, leadership meetings in, in capitol hill in washington dc the last weekend in february uh, we know how important it is to have a voice and we know how important it is to be heard and we know how important it is how how transcendental and how important it it feels to know that once you go there and you and you're in front of a representative you're telling them i'm a i am your constituent and i have the power of my vote uh, so i'm here to see how you are going to support my interests and my community um and and how you are going to serve me as a voter Absolutely. I have one um, one note. I just received a message from a loyal listener. The governor of New York, who was visually impaired, who is a who is and was a leading advocate for the visually impaired, was Governor Patterson. Governor Patterson okay. of New York. Yes. If you okay. want to look that up, I remember now. You know, I didn't. I did. I did not know that New York had had a visually impaired uh, governor. Yeah, um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, um, it wasn't a key point of, of his campaign or, or of his, um, mm -hmm. his run as governor, but he was, a, a it was and is a fierce advocate uh, mm -hmm. for the visually impaired. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, speaking of, uh, of, of visual impairment and, uh, and, and I, I, and in combination with New York, you know, one of the um, imperatives uh, that we have been working on, uh, with the American Council of the Blind, when we go to legislative seminar, is actually the um, the durable medical equipment or the um, low vision aids. Um, and uh, and and uh, please, uh, those of you who haven't registered or who haven't, uh, whether Florida or if you're listening from another state, go to the podcasts um, that are being um, either community call. Um, we've already had two. There's one more on Thursday, and they're going to be on podcast feed, I believe, on Friday. Um, one of those imperatives has consistently been introduced in the House by a bipartisan combination of um, uh, Representative uh, Congressman Villaracas from Florida and um, Congresswoman Maloney from New York. A Democrat, Maloney, and a Republican, Villaracas. And Villaracas has been recognized by the Florida Council of the Blind, uh, has received our legislative award because he has continuously supported this um, initiative and uh, has co-sponsored it a uh, number of times. And uh, I believe he himself has, uh, has a relationship with the visually impaired community. I believe he may have a visual impairment, uh, not major, but he's very, very, um, she, she, he's very close to home, basically. So, so he, so, so those are the cases. I, I love to talk about that example because it shows not only bipartisan support, but it also shows how people who know what we go through and people who are 
uh, informed of of how important these these bills can be for and how much and how much uh, change they can they can bring to our community. They value it and they and they continuously support our our imperatives. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned that the, the first, <clears throat> excuse me, late at night, apologize. Um, you mentioned that, you know, the first set of legislation that obviously they're working on and, and is slightly delayed because of the impeachment trial. But, you know, the COVID relief um, is 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 the uh, is the legislation to to watch. And, and we're all waiting for our stimulus checks and, and for the flood of <laughs> of um, economic help that we need. But you know, right on the heels of that is is a lot of legislation for climate, and right behind that is is strengthening up uh, our healthcare system. And one of the things mm, that really touch, yeah, absolutely, one of the things that really touch home and and part of that um, coalition uh, that's been looked at is is the price of pharmaceuticals. And and for those of us yep. that know someone in our community who who may be suffering. Um, or, or maybe have the diagnosis HIV, um, they know right off the bat, you're looking at thousands of dollars a month for medication where countries uh, right, across the, right across the pond in Europe, it's a fraction of the cost. What costs, you know, let's say around $2,000 a month for medication here is, is less than $100 in, in many European countries. And why is that? And that's one of the things that that in over in overhauling the healthcare system, they're gonna they're gonna be working very hard at driving down the cost of pharmaceuticals for, for everyone. But for us, of course, we're looking at you know HIV medication and life sustaining medication. Yeah, it, it is. I, I do I do um, agree with uh, with what. Um, Many of our uh, notables in, 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 in the Democratic Party have said it is uh, it is unthinkable that we are looked we are looked at as the first country in the world, the most powerful and richest country in the world, and we do not have health care. Right, right. So, yeah. so that is that is definitely unthinkable. Right, it is. But I think it's it's on it's on it's on the way. It's going to be changed, reformed, and uh, I just wanted to say that uh, you know through this campaign, I really got kind of involved in it. And all these LBGQ members of Congress and state representatives in their own states are kind of popping their heads out on shows like Rachel's and. Uh, giving great speeches. I just, cause I you know, can't see them. I just stop and listen to them. I was like, wow, these people are intelligent. These people know what they're talking about. And it's, you know, makes you, it's, it's spreading across the country and it's going to be good. It amazes me that in, in my lifetime and, and, you know, I'm in my mid forties at this point, but in my lifetime, it's we had baby. to sneak we had to, you know, we had to pretend that we weren't or, or ignore, you know, our internal pride of ourselves, because if, if we were openly out, it affected our chances to be hired. It affected, 
relationships and friendships, you know, and little by little we've chipped away and we've, we've shown through, through these representatives who are, as you said, so very intelligent, so very brave, you know, but also our buying power. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm never one to forget and, and I'm always gonna be the one that reminds, you know, not only LGBTQ, but also our disabled, our, our low and no vision community. You know, we speak also through our buying power and exactly. where we spend, you know, where we spend our hard earned money and, and where we spend that, that stimulus check when it comes also speaks volumes. You know, sure we, are, we are an intersectionality of two communities that have a lot of power that we have not really had the opportunity to exercise. And, and I think a good, a good part of that is because we've been afraid to stand up and put ourselves at the forefront. We've been afraid to stand at the front of the line and say, hey, we're here, we're queer, uh -huh. and you better get used to it. Right, you know? exactly, exactly. And people are gonna just, you know, I think they're taking a look and going, wow, yeah, I didn't, you know, you didn't what? You know, just step aside. But uh, these speeches, some of these representatives have given in their own state. Like I think there was one in Pennsylvania over the lawsuit that the previous administration filed there about voter fraud and just told them how, in an intelligent way, how really wrong they are. And uh, we don't do anything fraudulent in the state of Pennsylvania. And it was very like powerful. And he was very young. Well, young to me, you know. <laughs> I think he's actually younger than me too, and that's. <laughs> I think he's in his early thirties. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, God, God bless him. And, uh, and yeah. he 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 got on that Senate floor, and he just laid out his. Uh, he must have went to that law library for fourteen days and had this all pent up inside him, but he let it out. And he was good and he was very good and, and uh he got his point across and the lawsuits were all thrown out so there you go but yeah so, it's spreading and it's good and more representation you know especially with the disabled community also and i think it's, it's, moving, it's moving that way so mayor pete um dr rachel governor jay we celebrate and we thank you for your bravery. We thank you for, oh, yes. you know, putting yourselves on the front line for our community. It's uh, It's been a quick hour. It's been a powerful hour. We're so glad that you could join us for Pride Connection. You can look for our podcast and, and all your major podcast catchers by searching ACB Pride Connection. And please come back next week for another awesome and exciting pride connection any final thoughts tom um just positive it's going to be it's all positive it's it works like i said we uh we're all taking a little breath of fresh air right now and relaxing and watching uh all these people come to fruition in the cabinet and through our governorships and through statehood and uh state representatives uh and local community elected officials are you know just all of a sudden we're everywhere you know and, Eight, it's a, and it's a good thing final thoughts and tell the folks where they can find us well as a final thought i want to tell um our listeners uh right now or in podcast form um 
listen, you know, keep it, keep an open mind and an open ear. Listen to what, what, what your elected officials are doing, what government officials are doing locally, uh, state, federally, um, and, 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 and watch out and, 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 and focus on, on what they accomplish, how much they fulfill from what they promise and, and start, you know, my, my, my friendly <laughs> recommendation is start gearing your focus towards that, towards what they get done, what they accomplish and their merits rather than what their sexual orientation is or whether they're uh, women or men, men, whether they're African-American or white American, whether they're Caucasian or Asian-American, whether they're, you get the picture. <laughs> Focus on merit and what they get done and 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 then you know make make informed decisions when you're in front of the polls. Um, for those of you who want to reach out, please uh, send us a message at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That is membership at blindlgbtpride.org. If you want to join our organization and be part of the BPI family, um, check us out at blindlgbtpride.org. And that's been Pride Connection. We'll be back next Tuesday night at 10 p.m. and in your podcatchers by searching ACB Pride Connection. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. Good night, everyone. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org.